I believed, just like Steve Jobs did, honestly, that <laughs> before people even realized they needed an iPhone, he was thinking it through and like, this is going to be, we're only going to design a product that is absolutely, you know, phenomenal. That, that certain um, thing inside of you that just gets, at least ignites inside of me when I see a great design, whether it be technology or, or a, a structure or a painting, whatever it might be, it's like, ah, and to be able to appreciate that is very important. And some people honestly can't. And and that's okay because we all have our strengths and weaknesses. But if you are, you know, if you do have a vision, do not let other people or, you know, somebody else who's taking a quicker route uh, deter you, if that makes sense, from going all in and, and really maximizing that experience. And that was very key here. It was, it was not just a place or a design, but it was an overall experience that I had in mind the whole time I was designing and building this place. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. It's 11.32 p.m. on a Thursday night and you wake up in a panic. You forgot to send your guests the custom lockbox combination for your Airbnb and you missed the 17 messages they sent saying that they couldn't get in because you enabled sleep mode on your iPhone. You know, to try and cut down on screen time before bed and all. After apologizing profusely and sending them a bottle of bubbly in hopes that they won't leave you a one-star review, you think to yourself, how do other hosts stay on top of guest communications? The answer? They use Guesty for Hosts, an easy-to-use rental management platform. With features like automated messages that send important communications to guests at the exact right times, you'll never have to jeopardize your beauty sleep again. Guesty for Hosts allows short-term rental hosts to manage listings from Airbnb, VRBO, and Booking.com in one calendar and send a series of automated messages before, during, and after the guests stay. The platform also has features that help you manage cleanings, build a custom booking website, and so much more. You can start your 14-day free trial today, no credit card or setup fee or commitment required, and you can cancel anytime if you don't love it. And it gets even better. While getting started for the first time, use the discount code SPONSTANIUS for 20% off your first year. Again, that's SPONSTANIUS. Use that discount code at checkout for 20% off your first year. In just a moment, you'll meet Isaac French, the creator of Live Oak Lake, a collection of seven stunning cabins nestled around a small lake in Waco, Texas. Isaac is what you might call a curious creator. He was homeschooled growing up and his parents enabled him the freedom to pursue a plethora of interests, from art to architecture and accounting to entrepreneurship. Isaac comes from a family of entrepreneurs and learned a lot about business, architectural design, and general contracting from his grandfather who built luxury homes all across the state of Texas. And it was this influence of his grandfather's, at least in part, that emboldened Isaac to purchase an overgrown five-acre plot of land just outside of Waco, and then transform it into an insta-worthy vacation destination. Tune in to hear the remarkable story of how Isaac brought Live Oak Lake to life. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Isaac French.
So Isaac, welcome to the show. How are you doing this fine day? Great. Thank you very, very much for coming. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, this is exciting. I We were just catching up about the fact that I don't get to do as many of these behind the state podcast interviews in person as I would like. So like on the rare occasion where it does happen in person, it's like it's a real treat, especially when we're in this like ridiculously beautiful uh, place. So kick us off by talking about where we are, like where are we sitting right now? What are we looking at? Just describe the scene for our listeners. Sure. So we are in a cabin called Lakeside North, which is one of seven here at Live Oak Lake, which is a five acre modern minimalist Nordic inspired uh, luxury cabin retreat here in uh, central Texas. We're about 10 minutes north of Waco. Halfway between Dallas and Austin. I think you need like a, a few more adjectives there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to comment on that. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so, so I, I have so many questions for you, but I, I'd want to start off by just hearing a little bit about like how you found this property. So where, like what inspired you to look at this area? Are you from Waco? Like give us, give us the backstory on how you came into contact with this property to begin with. Yeah. So I grew up about five minutes away from where we're sitting um, until I was 12 years old. So I was born, born there. And <clears throat> then when I was 12, our family moved up to Pacific Northwest okay. where I lived for 10 years, wow. um, before returning here where I met and married my wife. And now we live here in, just outside Waco. So very familiar with the general area, love Texas. Um, this particular piece of property, I mean, I used to drive by it, never thought anything of it. I uh, didn't think there was any potential with it. Uh, it was totally different before it was transformed. And uh, But I'd had these ideas brewing, which we can get into more of this later, uh, for modern Scandinavian cabins on a, on a piece of property that was cool, maybe some kind of water feature. So I'd been looking for property when I moved back down here, which is getting harder and harder to find, yeah. and the prices are getting more and more elevated. Um, but just one morning I woke up and opened Zillow and this place had been listed it was 5.1 acres. Um, and I was like, Oh my goodness, I've got to see this today. I didn't realize there was a pond up there and these trees. When I, when I came on site, I was like, this is the perfect place for, it. I could just see, you know, having cabins nestled around the edge of the lake and all the potential for it. So that very day made it, made an offer and got it. Wow. That is, that is remarkable. So I want to back up because as we pulled up, we pulled up to this this beautiful spot. There's this gorgeous gate. Like it opens, and you are like brought into this crazy oasis. Like it, it really doesn't. It, it, we, my my buddy Dan and I were talking about the fact that like it doesn't even feel like we're like near Waco or like near a city for that matter, right? At all. It, it really does feel like we're in the middle of nowhere. And you know, it's one thing to be like, yeah, I found this property on Zillow, five acres, made an offer, got it done, right? And and um, you know, any anyone can can do that. It's much harder to like from that point have like a vision for something like this. So I, I like back us up, like take us back to, you know, who, who Isaac is as a, as a creative, as an entrepreneur, like give us a little bit about your, your backstory. Like, I, I guess it may be a way of framing this uh, a little bit more succinctly. Is like, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> um, so I'm still growing up. I'm only 25 now. <laughs> um, but I have been pretty, um, diversified and just interested in a lot of different things and trying a lot of different things out. I was homeschooled, uh, phenomenal family, phenomenal parents that accommodated all of my interests. And so I do a lot of different things. I, I wanted to be an architect to answer your question most succinctly when I was, when I was younger, but I also wanted to be a CPA. I mean, I wanted to be such a diverse spectrum of things and I actually pursued them. I never 
you know, became all of those things, but I gained experience in, in various areas. So I got into bookkeeping at a young age because I wanted to learn about business. Huh. My family had several businesses, so I did bookkeeping for those and eventually actually gained a certification in, in tax accounting and actually have a cloud-based uh, bookkeeping and tax business on the side called Accountable. Um, and then I also am an artist, so I've always done drawing and painting and actually taken that pretty far. Um, I wouldn't say it was something... I never wanted to do one thing only, though. Huh. So. It was, it was always kind of part of the plan to, to do different things. But like I said, as far as architecture went, very into design and, and buildings specifically. My grandpa actually was a custom home builder. Um, here in, in Texas, he, he built a lot of high-profile custom houses. And so and my dad was also in construction. So it's, it's kind of been in the family for a couple years, um, a couple, couple generations, decades, I should yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, when I moved to Idaho, my family there started a, a commercial general contracting business, which I worked in very family oriented, my brothers, my dad, and it, it's grown substantially. Um, but I, I kind of worked my way up from the bottom doing everything, eventually doing project management on multi-million dollar projects and gained a lot of experience through all of that. Um, that also was a place in the Pacific Northwest West where my uh, design tastes were heavily influenced by the architecture there. Uh, you know, the Washington area around Seattle, hmm. uh, but really that whole general area. There's a lot of Scandinavian style architecture. Olson Kundig is based there in Seattle. There's a lot of really cool firms. And so I was very into that. Um, yeah, and, you know what? You know, sorry to interrupt you, yep. but what's funny is I stayed in. Um, this really cool Olsen Kundig, is that how you say it? Okay, property in, um, uh, right outside, it was, where was it? It was in Quincy, Washington, um, and it overlooked the gorge. It was unbelievable, and we stayed in a cabin like that, and when we when we walked into the first cabin you showed me today, I got those vibes, so Seriously, it's funny. Like that, I, That's great. Yeah, that's, that's great, great, that's great. For, for, for what it's worth, I, I see it. I see the influence. Yes, heavy influence there. When I moved back to Texas, I started a, a real estate development company. I built a spec, a higher end spec house last year, sold that. But I was also looking kind of, you know, over the past several years, this idea was, was coalescing in my mind for this modern Scandinavian retreat. Um, so, you know, as I was collecting inspiration, I was also looking for property. It was also just, you know, mining knowledge everywhere I could on how short-term rentals worked. Our family has a few, but we've never done it, hadn't done anything quite like this. Um, but I'm the kind of guy that just will figure, figure anything out if I, if I have a mind to do it, if I feel passionate about it. So, um, fast forward to cut to your question of, of how we turn the property into this. So we, like I said, I found this five acre parcel and the moment I stepped on it, it was rough. It, you know, I had, it was just overgrown briars everywhere and trees, but there was a little, little dinky pond on it. And I immediately just started envisioning what this could be. It's 1132 PM on a Thursday night and you wake up in a panic. You forgot to send your guests the custom lockbox combination for your Airbnb, and you missed the 17 messages they sent saying that they couldn't get in because you enabled sleep mode on your iPhone. You know, to try and cut down on screen time before bed and all. After apologizing profusely and sending them a bottle of bubbly in hopes that they won't leave you a one-star review, you think to yourself, how do other hosts stay on top of guest communications? The answer? They use Guesty for hosts an easy to use rental management platform. With features like automated messages that send important communications to guests at the exact right times, you'll never have to jeopardize your beauty sleep again. 
Guesty for Hosts allows short-term rental hosts to manage listings from Airbnb, VRBO, and Booking.com in one calendar and send a series of automated messages before, during, and after the guests stay. The platform also has features that help you manage cleanings, build a custom booking website, and so much more. You can start your 14-day free trial today, no credit card or setup fee or commitment required, and you can cancel any time if you don't love it. And it gets even better. While getting started for the first time, use the discount code SPONSTANIUS for 20% off your first year. Again, that's SPONSTANIUS. Use that discount code at checkout for 20% off your first year. How did you know? Like what do you, do you like what was it specifically when you walked on the property where you were like no 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 like this is the place cuz you must have been like decently convicted to put an offer in that day after seeing it like for the first time so what what was it specifically about the place that like so actually you that it was worth it like it's funny but a quarter mile down the same road that we're on a friend of mine lives and he had a little piece of property that was on a bluff totally different than this but it had potential for something as well and i had just been coaxing and coaxing him to sell that to me and he was just dragging his feet and taking forever and finally it just didn't seem like it was ever going to work out and literally Two weeks after that, this place pops up on the same road, which is just you know impossible in this area. Property is very hot; it's gobbled up immediately if it's if it's on the market. And so when I came on the property, I saw the pond. Especially, I saw those live oak trees, which mm. was the inspiration for our name, Live Oak Lake. I was like, "This is it." I could just picture the cabins around, um, just picture people kayaking on the pond, and <clears throat> I. I Knew it was going to be a boatload of work, but that has never deterred me. Um, <laughs> and also, you mentioned as far as Waco. So we're 10 minutes from downtown Waco. Yeah. But we have so many people say the exact thing you did. It feels like you are in the middle of your own world. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, you're stepping into a totally different place. And that was so intentional to, when we created it. It's 100% gated and fenced all the time. It has all these gorgeous trees. We're very fortunate to be surrounded by nature. Um, on pretty much all sides. So we're very lucky there. Um, we also, I love the fact that we are close enough to Waco that our guests can, they, they hop in their car and they're downtown in 10 minutes yeah. or, you know, to Baylor university or whatever they're coming here for. Um, however, that was another part of the vision here. I wanted to create a destination rental where it wasn't just, Oh, we're traveling on I 35 through Waco. What's where, where can we stay? Sure. We wanted to catch those, those people too, but oh no, this is a destination that people are actually going to come to. And that's what we've heard a lot from our guests. Like, oh my goodness, I had no idea this existed. I'm bringing back my cousins and we're going to rent three cabins and have a family reunion here. That's what I wanted to create. And something that was very family friendly. We have all kinds of outdoor amenities that kids can enjoy, whole families can enjoy. So, And yeah, you guys totally, totally nailed that. So you know, I, I don't think I've ever met um, an accountant who's also an artist. Um, and so I, <laughs> I know I'm pretty sort of both ends. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced that like you are one of the most interesting people I've ever talked to. So uh, a couple other just like questions about like who you are and and how you think. So when when you approach when you got you got the property right, what what was like the very first thing that you did? Like, did you immediately and like what was the timeline from the time that you like <laughs> got got the property to the time that like you started designing that you started thinking through the space like what was that timeline and like what were like the first second and third things that you did so i came out on that day that was like february 25th 2021 came out made the offer was accepted then i had like 30 days till march 30th 2021 was our closing so in that time when i knew we were under contract i literally was 
like a madman. I stayed up all night designing, drawing up plans, um, coming up with just, you know, subcontractors. I was planning, prepared to be the general contractor and the designer on the project, <laughs> which was actually a huge advantage in our timeline, which yeah. I'll get into. So March 30th, we bought, we closed on it. April 1st, I was out here, we were clearing. Um, so we were taking out trees, you know, being very selective, of course, because we wanted to leave lots of what we had. And <clears throat> from that time, so that was April 1st, we opened the doors to our first guests on January 15th, 2022. Wow. So it was about nine, 10 months total wow. from start to finish. We had all kinds of, you know, <laughs> you, you, you mentioned them when we talked earlier, but the, as many people know, there were all kinds of supply chain shortages in 2021 with materials, windows were like three, four month lead times, appliances, six month lead times. So you had to stay very ahead of the curve. And I was out here every single day, wow. long story short, to, to actually stay on top of subcontractors, stay on top of the design. We we're designing to some degree as we went. It's very seat of our pants in a sense, but it all came together. Um, just, just honestly, exactly how we envisioned it. But there was so much that we, we knew we didn't know when we started, Yeah. but when you're committed to a project and your heart is in it, I mean, there's nothing that can stop you. And so you were doing this, like, I mean, so your, your side business, your, uh, you said it was called accountable, accountable. Yeah. So how much time was that taking from you in, in a given week versus like the time that you were devoting to this? Well, I mentioned too, I was building a spec house, and which was a spec house. big, yeah. big spec house right down uh, a few miles away. Jeez, dude. And when I you did sleep? that in like four to five months total start to finish, which was crazy. It was like, you know, a million dollar house. Um, so I was able to even, you know, share subcontractors between the projects and come up with some efficiencies there. As far as accountable, I have another employee. We, we serve 10 to 15 small businesses. Um, and honestly, that's maintaining. I'm not trying to grow it. I have so much potential and ceiling with, with that. It's just a cool idea. I think a lot of people realize that's cloud-based accounting, but I probably spend, you know, five, five, 10 hours a week on that because I have another full-time employee there. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So still, that's a, that's a you know, good, good chunk of time in conjunction with managing the spec house and, and this property. And this like, is just work. We have a very hey. full life. So my wife <laughs> is, um, she, she directs, uh, large youth choir in our church and she teaches piano and she teaches voice and she's a singer and songwriter and we're very involved with our church and various aspects you know we we sing at hospitals and nursing homes once a week and we have i mean just a million different activities <laughs> there so. so you guys definitely you guys just don't sleep life. you just don't sleep is that what it is do you okay but actually like like how how like many hours a night do you sleep on average um I'm the kind of guy I cannot get by without eight. If, if I, I can do it for like three or four nights to do like all night or three or four or five, but then it catches up and I get sick. So I've really, after last year, I got sick like four times. I was like, I have to get eight hours of sleep now. Yeah. So. so, you know, what's funny. Is it, I like asking that question because some of the most successful people that I have met through, through this podcast and just, just in life in general, like who are, who are managing an incredible amount of different things all at once, they all still get eight hours of sleep. Yeah. And yeah. then you hear other people saying like, I, I get like three, four hours. I'm like, how is that even possible? Like, and I think what, what that just is a testament to is, is how efficient you must be <laughs> during your other 16 waking hours. Right. Yeah. That's you, if you're I'm, not actually resting your brain and you will just literally get physically sick. I, I have a friend who supposedly can get by with three or four and he really is, he's different than me. But I also think that a lot of people, I think the actual percentage of people that say that is waste, but actually can do it is way smaller than, than it looks. Cause yeah. 
at least for me, unless we're all wired completely differently, my brain will just go crazy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I need I need my eight hours. So I want to talk about a little bit more about the space. So so once you you start designing, you you um, you close on the property, right? Uh, you are managing contractors. You're still managing these other projects. Like, how are you like? how do you decide on the number of cabins first and foremost? And, and how did you decide on where to put each cabin? There, there are seven total. How mm -hmm. did you come up with the number seven and how did you figure out where to place them on the property? So I was obviously trying to maximize, optimize uh, the, the property we have. Five acres isn't a ton, but it's, a, and we have a lake that probably takes up one and a half acres. The lake appears to be a lot bigger than it is because it's a really cool shape. Um, but our property is also kind of a random shape and I love stuff like that. Figuring out same thing, like with a floor plan, you know, you're trying yeah. to maximize your space, how, which we actually did here in the cabins. These are tiny, tiny houses technically. Well, there's what is, what 600 is square feet. Okay, so yeah. that one's right. Five of them are 600 and the other two are more like 450. So we're kind of right there at the threshold between a tiny house and whatever is bigger than that. Um, but as far as we were actually originally going to do five then we were going to do nine then we we kind of arrived at seven it was very much designed as you go though so like you know those first couple weeks i was laying things out as we were clearing trees i knew we had certain areas we had to clear for roads um and then as we went it was like very much just putting yourself in that space of you know you have to envision you have to be able to feel like there's a cabin where you are and then say, okay, where would I want, to, how would I feel comfortable here without, you know, feeling like I'm on top of the guests over there yeah. and orienting them around the pond in such a way that it maximizes, um, the privacy. And yet you still feel like we walked around the property earlier. You still feel like we're so close, which, you know, in, in one sense, it's great for like a family reunion. Yet yeah. We still have so much, we have our own space. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We, in, in order to do that though, and you really have to visit to see what we're talking about, um, in order to do that, we really had to sacrifice a lot um, with our, uh, we put a lot of work and money into like our utilities and roads and we probably brought like 200 dump truckloads of dirt to build up pads and roadways to, and then, you know, a very sophisticated complex septic system for the whole property and all the utilities, water, power, in order to accommodate all these, these different places. Um, these different sites. It would have been so much easier to stack them yeah, all up on yeah. one side or one place. And I've seen that, but I did not want to, I did not want to cut corners here and just ultimately make the most of every literally square foot of this property, which I think we did. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is, this is remarkable. Yeah. I feel like it, it does feel like a work of art. Like as you just like, as you walk around, it's like, wow, you can, you can tell, you can tell that like every, even like the general, like, like the little common area that you guys have, which is cool. It's got like a swing set. It's got grills. It's got a fire pit, right? everything is so intentional. Um, and you, you really did a fantastic job of like maximizing, like the things to do, like the, the space to do, to, to have fun, to, to enjoy time, to, you know, sit, sit by uh, your personal fire as you look mm -hmm. out over yeah. the pond while also sort of like maintaining this feeling of like that you can breathe. Like you, you don't feel like you're crowded at all, even though it's a relatively small property. And I feel like striking the balance between those two things is incredibly hard to do. So, so props to you guys. This, is, you. this is remarkable. Um, so I'm curious, you know, a lot of people who I meet who are like you, who've got this vision They're they're very, uh, artistic They're they, you know, they've got a design background, some of them. Um, and they, they really want to design an experience, as you said, that like people want to come to just for the sake of like being in, in a beautiful cabin. And I think like 
that in and of itself is, is hard to master. It's another thing to know how to like effectively market yourself. So you guys have close to 40,000 followers on, on Instagram for this, for this place. Like, how did you, how did you think about marketing it once you, once you had put it together? Like, did you document things as you went along or like, talk to us about the story behind how you built up uh, a, a social media following for their, for Live Oak Lake? So no, we didn't do anything hardly until the very end of the project. I, I you know, I, I think we had like a thousand followers or something and family and friends and whatever. Um, and we had a f- like three or four construction photos along the way. <clears throat> I could have done a lot more, except I literally didn't have renderings. I hardly had plans for these. So it's like, yes, I agree with the people that say build in public and, and I wish I had had that luxury, but yeah. this was like very much, very spontaneous in the process. So, um, I knew it was going to be super cool when it was done, but I did not want to have, you know, I wanted to go all out and have super nice content when I actually started doing that regularly. So when we opened is when I really was able to start posting regularly and, and good content. Um, and honestly, this is Texas and, and this ties in just to our overall vision. There's a lot of population here and constantly expanding. A lot of people are moving here um, between Dallas and and Austin and, and here in Waco, honestly. And so there's a lot of people, and this was, like I said, key to our vision, that want to get away um, here in Texas, but I'll be honest, Texas is not the most beautiful state. Having been a lot of places, I love it, and there's a lot of positives, but it's it's honestly very, it's pretty flat in general, unless you go to the hill country. Um, and it, it doesn't have a ton of, a, you know, actual natural plate, natural beauty that you'd actually want to go to. Sure, if you're sure. here, you, you probably want to go to, you know, like Colorado or, or maybe Arkansas or something like that, but that's 10 hours away. Yeah. So when we were to actually make this place beautiful with the lake, with the trees, we were very much obviously marketing to Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, people that will only have to drive an hour and a half or, or less, um, to get here, but can feel like they're in this oasis, like you mentioned. So I knew that those markets were going to be key. And I honestly, um, I'd never done this before, but I, I just started thinking, how in the world can I get this in front of people? Yeah. So I found bloggers okay. in these areas yeah. um, and was able to use giveaways, which are super effective and um, a great way to organically grow your following. So basically the concept, most people are familiar with it, but you you give away like a two-night stay, for example, um, and to enter into the contest, you simply have to follow my account, um, which I was... I'm only posting super high quality content that I feel like our followers would actually want to see in the first place. So it's not like, oh, this is a you know drudgery that I'm just gonna have to follow some random account. <laughs> yeah. This is a place that is really beautiful and it's gonna show up in my feed. So uh, people, those have been super effective. It's it's paid off. Like people actually totally love it. So getting in front of those, finding those bloggers, reaching out through Instagram, connecting with them. I mean, I've spent so many hours just you know perusing Instagram and making contacts with people that have audiences themselves, giving them free stays, yeah. allowing them to come. And then, of course, everyone who comes and stays here, we we have lots of marketing in the cabins, um, or I, I shouldn't say lots. We have some marketing where it's like you know subtle, but it says liveoaklake.com or stay at Live Oak Lake is our is our Instagram handle. So we have a ton of people that connect and they're like, oh, I want to be a part of this going forward. Because a lot of them say they want to come back and stay here anyway, so why not, you know, follow along? So we're we're constantly growing, like you said. We almost have forty thousand. That's we've amassed those in you know four months. Yeah. Um, but so we're every we're on a good trajectory, I think. Also, as far as publicity, we uh, 
we actually just filmed for an upcoming national TV show a couple weeks ago here. Wow. Um, they reached out to us, a casting agency. It's a new show and um, featuring tiny houses exclusively across the world. Um, and uh, kind of, you know, post-COVID, there's a there's a big movement here, of course, of moving to t smaller spaces. And they found us on Instagram and we're like, this is just perfect. So I'm really excited. And we actually have a lot more opportunities with TV and such that um, are, are ahead of us. And we'll see what becomes of all that. But it'll continue to amplify who we are and, and get our content out in front of more people. I, 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 want, I want to dive into that just a little bit because... I think the, that's, that's the dream for a lot of people. It's like, oh, like being, being contacted on Instagram for like, we want to do a feature on your place. Like, are you of the mindset? And I think, I think I know the answer to this question already, but like you put so much time and money and effort and, and discipline into constructing something truly beautiful to the point where like, it doesn't look like you, you know, took uh, any corners, right? No. Like yeah, it, it really, it, it really does feel like every that this was just a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And so, like, are you of the mindset that when it comes to designing an experience, especially when you're trying to design a getaway as, like, a destination in and of itself, like, is, is it better to, like, you know, bootstrap your way to, to making it happen? Or is it better to, like, wait until you can, you have you have the capital or you've got the time or whatever it is, whatever, like, that friction point is, to, like, actually go all in and and design something that is that is you know, quote unquote, perfect. Like, I guess, where do you fall, especially as, you know, being an entrepreneur and having done a lot of different things, like, where do you fall on the spectrum of like being scrappy, buying a, you know, buying a piece of land with a house on it, renting that out first, waiting until you have a little bit more cash to then kind of go in and, and make the space more beautiful. Like, where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, so it's kind of a general question, as you said, as far as, uh, a philosophy in general and having, you know, built a spec house now and, and having some of these other businesses that are service businesses, very, uh, very much dependent on customer experience and all of that. I personally, and you know, I think this, it's hard to quantify and pinpoint exactly where every influence comes from in your life that shapes you. But I mentioned my family is very entrepreneurial. My grandfather was, <clears throat> who was just a rock in my life was, you know, he built all these super nice houses and I would sometimes go with him and, and look at it and just experience Were they in Waco, the, these houses he built? Just or? around Texas, okay. um, in, you know, the central Texas area. But I mean, he was pretty much the top. So people, you know, billionaires would come to him and, and want super, him to design super, their yeah, houses. like 15, wow. 20,000 square foot houses. Wow. Um, really cool places. And so I think um, I'm just, I know I've, 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 this can become a cliche, but I'm the kind of person that wants to do something perfect. I do not do anything that I'm absolutely not going to give my best shot. And I'm not saying that I am the best. I'm really nothing special <laughs> as a person, but I'm going to give it everything I have. And, um, having a sense of, you know, I think there's, there's so many get rich quick schemes in the, <laughs> in the world today. Um, even in terms of, I mentioned building a spec house, that's something where it's like, okay, get in, get out as quick as you can make the most you can that was not my philosophy, even doing that. Like I was very much building it in such a way that I would want to live here. I feel like if you're building a product, whether it's a software, whether it's an Airbnb, whatever it might be, um, if you have that mind mindset, that mentality that I'm not building this to sell it necessarily, I'm building this because I want it to customers to so delight and enjoy themselves while they're here that it's like the strongest, you know, you build an ecosystem of just, perpetual growth of repeat customers, whatever, then, um, 
you're going to succeed. You're going to be financially successful in the end. And so with this place, like you mentioned, we did not cut corners. And I have a lot of friends who I have a, a lot of respect. I've learned a lot from that have, you know, multiple short-term rentals. And honestly, I got quite a bit of, uh, eyebrow raising from them like as I was going like whoa you're spending on that or whoa you're spending on that or why are you prioritizing that or you know you're you're doing way too much in this direction and it was a big risk and it was stressful honestly to buy appliances that were the top of the line but that I felt like customers would appreciate or these little tiny details along the way the landscaping I mean I wanted it to be the best for this experience that I had in mind and yeah. I believed just like Steve Jobs did, honestly, that before people even realized they needed an iPhone, he was thinking it through and like, this is going to be, we're only going to design a product that is absolutely, you know, phenomenal. That that certain um, thing inside of you that just gets, at least ignites inside of me when I see a great design, whether it be technology or, or a, a structure or a painting, whatever it might be, it's like, ah, and to be able to appreciate that is very important. And some people honestly can't. And and that's okay because we all have our strengths and weaknesses. But if you are, you know, if you do have a vision, do not let other people or, you know, somebody else who's taking a quicker route uh, deter you, if that makes sense, from going all in and, and really maximizing that experience. And that was very key here. It was, it was not just a place or a design, but it was an overall experience that I had in mind the whole time I was designing and building this place. Like, what are people going to do? How are they going to feel when they're sitting on the deck, you know? What are they going to look out at? What are they? How are they? What are they going to look at when they wake up in bed and see the ceiling? Seriously, down to every detail like that it was very intentional. You, I think is the word yeah. you keep mentioning. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so well said. So, like, did you like keep a dot, like a like a notebook of like questions? Like, I'm curious. Like, <laughs> yeah, you should see the notes app on my phone. I, I have thousands <laughs> of notes, dude. Yeah, I feel like you should turn that into something because, like, I think like even just even just the awareness of like what are people going to see when they first open their eyes in the morning like that that is such an important question especially when you're designing a vacation rental because vacations need to be perfect right yeah. like they, they they need to have the illusion of perfection at least so, right yeah you, you, go, you go to bed in the loft of this beautiful a-frame style cabin and you wake up in the morning and we situated this this skylight just perfectly so when you wake up you're looking straight up into the sky through the branches of a tree that, that overhangs the cabin it's 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 really cool but we have a blind on it too in case you want to sleep in so you can <laughs> actually get more rest but no like seriously every detail was thought through of how we could you know maximize this beauty that we have here naturally and and make just an awesome experience with the amenities inside the cabin too the appliances and everything what was like what was the hardest thing about bringing this this oasis to life uh the timeline honestly i mean just such a hard year to build we yeah. had then like when we started we, we started clearing and then we just got dumped on as far as rain goes for literally two months we didn't have any roads in because we were trying to put all of our utilities in which happened to be where a lot of the roads went so i mean it was just a muddy mess i mean that but literally every step along the way there were insurmountable seeming obstacles and reasons to give up or to to cut corners or whatever but I was just absolutely determined that that was not going to happen. You know, subcontractors, huge sub shortage of subcontractors here in, in Texas, just because of so many other building projects in the area, you know, material lead times. Um, and then personally, the biggest um, event that happened to me uh, towards the end of the project, we're about to finish up. I have hundreds of 
punchless items swimming in my head because <laughs> I was just kind of the brains for the project. Sure. <clears throat> didn't have a lot of overhead, you know, project managers or superintendents or whatever. I was that person. The plans even, you know, I had a set of plans, but there were so many red lines. It, it was all stored in my head. And so we're finishing up and we're installing the spiral staircases, which is just like the cherry on top for the, the whole uh, finish out process in the cabin. And it was very unfortunate, but I climbed up on a ladder, um, to help hoist this piece of metal that the installer was bolting up, just, just stepped in a cabin to help. And it wasn't like it was my job. I just stepped in and saw I needed help and something happened. The ladder slipped. And so I fell like eight feet onto concrete and just the right way landed on my side and ended up fracturing my pelvis in multiple places. I didn't realize at the time. I mean, from the, it was the pain was, uh, was definitely nothing like I'd ever experienced eventually, but immediately I was just like in shock. I couldn't move and, um, I knew something was wrong, but I was like trying to reason away in my, my head the whole time. Like, Oh, this isn't as bad as it seems. And so anyway, long story short, I was hospitalized for a week. I had multiple surgeries, um, got all kinds of steel added to me, put back together, um, just a new experience in general in terms of the the pain and, and being incapacitated like that. Jeez, um, dude. I'm the kind of person that just, as you can tell, just runs as fast as I can most of the time. I, I'm very goal-oriented. <laughs> on, on that note, too, we, we, we were, like, walking over here. I was, like, I like I had to, like, walk, like, three times as fast as I normally sorry, do just I'm to sorry. keep up with you. No, no, it's great. I was just like, damn, he's, like, moving fast. I, yeah. I, I struggle with it. I think you got to be balanced. You can't always be in a hurry to do everything. you got to appreciate life, but I'm very goal-oriented. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. if we meet this goal, I'm going to take a moment to breathe. We'll talk about having a lot of moments to breathe when you're like stuck in a hospital. Exactly. Yeah. And so I was laying there on a hospital bed, totally incapacitated, you know, stressed out about this project, still thinking about the project, even though I was dealing with all this pain and trying to just wonder what my future was going to look like when I was going to be able to walk and all of that. I had an incredible family and friends that stepped in and helped me out. It was just awesome to see that come together. And and honestly, I don't think that really set us back schedule wise. I mean, I may have lost, we may have lost a few days in the grand scheme of things, but even in the hospital, I was doing things remotely as much as I could and was on crutches for 12 weeks, which was the absolute minimum the surgeon would let me go um, with no weight on that leg. Um, and then, but you know, was on site within a week managing things here uh, on crutches and my, my wife is constantly trying to hold me back and <laughs> not allow me to do things, but um but anyway, then it corresponded very actually perfectly with when we opened up the doors to our guests. I was able to get rid of my crutches and I didn't even go through physical therapy. I started walking that day. The surgeon said it was the fastest he'd ever seen any, anybody heal. So I'm very thankful uh, for <laughs> for that. It, it was good though in general. Honestly, I would never wish that that experience on anyone, of course. And I would never, of course, want to endure that again. But in the grand scheme of things, I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And it was um, such a great, I say great, I mean, I know that sounds so counterintuitive because there was a ton of pain and everything that came through that, but it's such a great experience looking back at what it did to, did to me as a person, just being able to stop, truly stop, when nothing else maybe sometimes will make you stop. Yeah. And, um, and reflect on what, where you're going in life, where you've come from, what your priorities really are and should be. And, and, um, 
so I honestly wouldn't trade it for anything and, and I'm completely hundred percent healed now. So yeah, dude, I was going to say like, wow, you're, you're walking as fast as you're walking. Like I can't believe like just a few, what that was in, that was like what, less than six months ago. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. I'm sorry. That's I a probably miracle. spent too much time telling that story. No, 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 dude. I, I love it. I love it. I mean, Hey, talk about like, you know, rising from the ashes talking, talking about sort of like yeah, the, the thing at the 11th hour, right? Like yes. I feel like anytime you're trying to do something like amazing, like there's always something like right at the 11th hour. It's like this, like attack, right? Where you're just like, oh my gosh, like where did this come from? I feel like anytime I'm like working on a big project or like something big is about to happen in my life, there's always like some like setback, like right before like the big event. So, hey, it's, it's, that's, it's, yeah. that's good. I yeah. agree. It, it, it keeps you humble. It, it, it certainly Absolutely. keeps you humble. It puts that, things in perspective. It, to, yeah. to put it in simple terms, Like you that's are human. <laughs> exactly. And I really am. I am nothing special. I, I've had a great family and upbringing and childhood and parents and God has been very good to me, but I, a lot of people say, oh, you're so talented. How can you do all these things and look what you can do and whatever. God gives all of us talents, I believe. And yeah. we just need to make the most of that yeah. and, and actually do something yeah. and, and be uh, responsible with that, not sit on our couches. So get out there and do something. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> I, I, I freaking love you. This is great. This is great. So on that note too, like, like what is your, what is your like morning routine? Like when you wake up, like what time do you wake up? Uh, very all over the place. Like right now I'm actually, so I'm still, since we opened, um, very involved with Live Oak Lake in terms of implementing systemization. I'm very oriented towards that. Actually having the accounting business, very cloud-based, uh, automated, you know, oriented business has really helped me think in this kind of systematized way of how to, how to live life, at least in a, in a work sense. Um, I think you can take that too far for sure. But so, you know, I say implementing systems. So, you know, our, our property management, our bookings, our pricing, our messaging, every aspect of the experience, you know, from the guest side, we're, we're trying to always improve on that art from the cleaning everything. So, um, <clears throat> I've been very involved with that. very hands-on at the same time. I'm now that I've kind of come up with some, you know, defined scopes of work, I'm starting to delegate. So of course, like the cleaning, we hired, we found someone very good early on. And so we were, we could never do all of that ourselves. It's just a lot to keep up with, but even the maintenance and just the, the guest messaging and all that. So I've been stepping back a lot. I was actually just, um, on a, my first overseas trip. So we went to Europe and Israel for three weeks and wow. I just got back. Um, so that was actually a great, uh, experience to, um, actually get away and see how things ran without me. Yeah. I, I was still plugged in, but you know, being nine hours different in, in a different time zone, it, it definitely presents some challenges. Things went great. And of course tweaked some more things as I, as I got back. But so I'm, I'm stepping back. Um, as far as my schedule is concerned though, that does not mean I'm getting less busy. I mean, I'm constantly getting busier by the day in terms of projects. That, and I mentioned earlier, we're, um, uh, we're a part of a, a great, very, very active, uh, community uh, our church and, and which has all kinds of activities that we're very involved with and even just helping other people out like for instance three days ago i just found out my uncle who's trying to move a, a house in and and create i mean literally clear trees and build a pad and put a house in in like two months because his grandparents are needing to move here to because he wants to take care of them they're they're not uh, doing well where they are and he needs 
help because he's super busy. So I volunteered to step in and literally I've been working till midnight over there clearing trees and, and, uh, planning out, you know, a building site for, so this just gives you a little <laughs> taste of kind of like my schedule's a little erratic cause I, I, so yeah. I've been staying up really late and working over there, which means I, I get sleeping up, around, up a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Sleeping around a bit. eight, seven, thirty eight. Yeah, yeah. So but yeah. usually I try to try to be up by six thirty seven. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Do you do any sort of like, like, meditation or like prayer like in the morning like like do you like center like how do you like from the time that you wake up to the time that you like immediately start to work like what happens in between um yes yeah, so i i mentioned i'm i'm a christian and and i take my faith very seriously and honestly i i consider it the center of my life and everything i do and so i i also that that really is the first thing i do i i get up in the morning and and i spend time talking to god and just you know centering myself where i should be because it's so easy to to no matter what you believe, I, I think it's it's so easy to to get sucked into the busyness of life. If you're a motivated person, if you have goals, if you know, and no matter how busy you are, I, no matter how busy I get, I can never get so busy that I forget where my center is and what my priorities really are and where I'm going in in a long term, big picture sense in yeah. life. Yeah, um, it's it's too easy to, and I think honestly that accident that I mentioned was, was so helpful in reminding me of that because it's so easy, especially with a project like this. And I'm so excited about it. Like literally I'll lay in bed and stay up for hours thinking things through in my mind. And my wife will like all of a sudden roll over two hours after we went to bed and be like, why are you still awake? <laughs> or for like this morning, like I was just up at the crack of dawn thinking things through in bed for like an hour and a half yeah. of all these things I was going to do. And so when I come up with a lot of ideas and such, um, yeah. or I'm or I'm stressing out sometimes in the bad times, like oh I hope that doesn't happen, or I hope this. I'm trying to uh, mitigate and minimize those times, but there's there's always something going on in, in my brain. So it's very good to actually intentionally spend time. I mean, it's not just very good; it's absolutely critical for me to center my life um, first thing in the morning in that kind of a way. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I love it, dude. This is inspiring. This is inspiring. So. Final question for you. Actually, I have two, but so second to last question for you before I'll let you go here. Um, given who you are, you mentioned that your your family has been very entrepreneurial. Did you say, I, I can't remember if you said this on the pod or if you said this when we were talking about before we went live, but like um, you guys are like in the cheese business or like like you've got restaurants. Is that is that right? Yeah. So <clears throat> most of my family lives in, in Idaho. Um, and I mentioned we have a commercial general contracting business um, that was, we, we moved there in 09, so right after the recession, it was a terrible time to do to do anything like that. Um, but we started that and uh, it's it's really been blessed and has done super well and it so has been able to spawn off. But my family's always been very entrepreneurial, but where we're currently at, we have in the family, we have a uh, bakery slash restaurant, uh, which is super, super cool. A national award-winning creamery, which makes all kinds of artisan cheeses. Huh. Um, What's it called? Brush Creek Creamery. Brush Creek. Okay. Yep. okay. Um, a, uh, my mom just opened, like they, they bought this old train station and renovated it into some super cool Airbnbs, but then also, um, uh, opened a, like a needlework, uh, fabrics slash fabric store and part of it. And that's super boutique and, and really cool. So, they just opened that. My brother has a tree seedling nursery, so he grows uh, all kinds of trees for the Forest Service and other other you know entities that are reforesting areas. Um, then, of course, they're still running the the construction business, which is is has grown quite a bit now. Um, but it's it's really spawned all these other endeavors, which yeah. are just a blast because I think we all like to be super diversified, <laughs> spend our time doing different things, and and uh, never stuck in a rut. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And that was, I appreciate you for sharing that that additional context. That was like a tee up for my question, which is like, 
So knowing what I know about you after 40 minutes of, of us chatting here, I have to believe like you've thought about replicating what you've done here at live Lake, live Oak Lake, um, somewhere else. Like where, where, like, where is your current, like, where, where, like, talk to me about your current headspace. Like if, when, and where would you try to replicate this model? Yes, this is, this is where a lot of that brain, uh, power is going these days. Um, so I have learned so many lessons on this project. Overall, it's a phenomenal success, but does that mean that I did everything perfectly? Absolutely not. I mean, I, I just actually started compiling a new note of all these various ideas for, for my future plans of just little, even very granular technical things of things I would do different or, you know, through the construction process or things just in the, with the end user in mind. So <clears throat> currently there's a lot of doors opening in front of me now that people are actually coming here and, you know, from an investors that want to, to do something more passively, but love this idea, love this uh, experience, um, that don't have, don't have the time or experience to do it, but have, have money they want to throw at it. And so I'm, I've had several offers, um, in that direction. I, I would love to, um, create. So now that I kind of have a template here that, that seems to be doing super well, um, I would love to replicate that, as you mentioned, across the country in various places. And they, they wouldn't all be exactly, you know, identical to this. I, I'm, I'm very much into minimalism and modern design. So that would certainly prevail throughout all of them. Um, but there would be different flavors depending on the area and, and, you know, the, the local, uh, base of, of guests and, 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 and all those different factors, but basically find small acreages with this kind of village concept in mind, very high end, do not cut corners with anything, find the right piece of property for one. Um, and then, yeah, you know, build between five and 10 super nice tiny houses that you can accommodate weddings, retreats, family reunions, um, not just having one, which I think is great, but I, I really like the idea of being able to accommodate, you know, families or sets of families or whatever. Um, and so currently there's, there's a lot on the table and I, <laughs> I'm, I'm still thinking it all through and just taking it one step at a time. I don't want to, once I actually believe in something or somehow I feel confirmation in, in what I want to do, I'll take a step and you, as you can tell, I'll move extremely quickly, <laughs> but, um, I don't want to like, push, push, push in some direction of, you know, if, if it's not really the right place or the right time or whatever. So Idaho is definitely in my mind being that my family's there and, you know, we still spend quite a bit of time there. Um, also other places here in Texas, the DFW area, the Austin, San Antonio area. Um, I feel like there, there really is a space here still for, especially Dallas there, there, you know, Austin has the hill country to, to escape to, but Dallas really doesn't have anything. And, and we're really capitalizing on that here at Live Oak Lake. But I think you could even make something closer, but really, I think that probably translates into all kinds of other large Metro areas in the country, um, that are, that don't really have this level of experience of quality of luxury really to stay at. And, and so, yes, but your, your question is, um, an awesome one because that, that is, <laughs> that is where my, my brain is at these days. Like, where do we go from here? Cause I, I'm not, as you can tell, I don't want to, I don't ever settle down. Like, okay, that I've arrived at my final destination of what yeah. I'm going to be doing in, in life. But I will say all that being said, um, with all of my previous, uh, uh, occupational experiences and all of the other endeavors I currently have, this by far has been the most awesome project to be a part of. And, and I, I've never felt more passionate about 
one thing. You mm-hmm. know, there's just, you could say, okay, you want to be an architect, you're just going to be doing design, or okay, you want to be an accountant, you're going to have an accounting company, whatever. But to be able to combine so many aspects from the, you know, accounting, frankly, to the systematizing and management operations perspective, to the design, um, to the real estate side, I've always been interested in real estate. And this was, you know, such a, <laughs> really, I had no experience doing anything like this until last year. I built the spec house and I did this simultaneously. So real estate investing, you, you're combining so many different um pieces of the pie in, in one. And I know not everybody has the same interests or whatever. Um, and so I think honestly, there's, there's room for partnerships, uh, when you, you can actually combine people with different giftings and, and, and passions. And I would love to be able to work with other people. I'm, I'm certainly not, um, complete in and of myself, uh, <laughs> getting married. I, I learned that pretty quickly. <laughs> so my wife is, is a huge part of even in terms of, and, and with Live Oak Lake, she was such a great sounding board for ideas and, um, and interior design and, and different elements that helped filled me out. And I'm constantly learning things myself too, but surround yourself with people. And, and if there are, if, if you feel the connection partner with someone else to, and this is obviously more of kind of my advice to, to others, but I'm, it's also my advice to myself. Um, I have a lot of family members. Actually, this project here is a partnership, uh, from the financial aspect. So, <clears throat> I'm the majority owner, but my, my father and a couple of brothers there in Idaho uh, contributed capital to help me. It was just a little too big to bite off by myself. Um, uh, get this off the ground, and they've been super supportive. And, and honestly, tons of construction experience. My older brothers, I, I mean, I would call my older brother up and, hey, what do I do about this? Or, I mean, to very small, down to very small details of getting su- suggestions and wisdom from them. So um, surround yourself with people that that you believe in and that are different from you and, and that believe in you. And, and, uh, that's, that's my plan from here too, as, as far as, uh, wherever I go and whatever I do, um, do it together with someone else. This is Ben, the, the highlight of my week, man. This is, this is great. I am so thankful for your, for your time and for, you know, this is, this was a very like spontaneous meetup, um, given the <laughs> fact that literally meetup. we, we, yeah, yeah, we, we like connected two days ago or like three days ago on the phone and here I am in, uh, in Waco, Texas. And so thank you so much for sharing your story. This is wonderful. We'll have links to your Instagram, your website, all the other fun stuff in the show notes below. So if you're listening and you want to learn more about what Isaac is up to and what they're building here and beyond, go ahead and scroll down. You can check out their, uh, their website, their, uh, Airbnb listing, uh, and of course their Instagram, but thanks so much, man, for coming on. I I really appreciate your time. Zach, I really appreciate the opportunity. I didn't know who you were, like you said before, a few days ago, but I have a ton of respect for you. I've been able to listen to a few of your episodes. I'm planning to listen to all of them. I would highly recommend them to <laughs> well, other listeners. That, I've yeah. already told other people about them, other investors. And honestly, like this is a treasure trove of information, hearing other people's stories. And it's, it's a privilege to be a part of that and tell our story here too. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, 
I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.